0: The most delightfully fascinating character in the realms of mystery, Charlie Chan. At Pine View, near Lake Tahoe, Charlie Chan is endeavouring to find out who killed Landini, the noted opera singer. Suspicion falls equally on Ward, the owner of Pine View, Romano, Swan and Ryder, all at different times married to Landini. Pretty Leslie Beaton, to whose brother Hugh, Landini had been engaged, also is suspected when her scarf is found in the dead woman's hands. And now, Ryder, under questioning, Adds to the suspicion by stating that he saw Leslie Beaton standing on the balcony a few seconds before Landini
1: was killed. You must be mistaken, Mr. Ryder. I'm sorry, Mr. Holt, but I'm not mistaken. Perhaps Miss Beaton is omitted to tell you of the incident, but I don't think she'll deny it when you tax her.
2: Which, of course, Mr. Ryder, we shall do. But of Miss Beaton later. Present moment we deal with you. What else did you see
1: as you look from window? Well, besides Landini standing on the balcony and Miss Beaton on the balcony, nothing.
2: You saw airplane with wonder pilot Mr. Ireland at control, same as I did when looking from window?
1: Well, naturally. But you were there at that particular moment. Did you see Landini waving to Ireland? Yes, I did, of course. Is that important? Perhaps. What was she waving with? Her hand, her hat, or what? Hmm. Now that you mention it, I believe it was something like a large silk handkerchief. Well, that's only a guess, of course. But it might have been a scarf. Yes. A silk or a, you know, what do you call them? Chiffon, a chiffon scarf.
2: Ah, it's color, Mr. Ryder. It's color, please. That is so important.
1: I realize its importance as well as you do, since Miss Beaton's pink scarf was found in Landini's hand. I can't tell. Anything I might say about its color would be pure guesswork.
2: So sorry you did not see color. It would have been most important clue. Now then, Mr. Ryder, you left window. Did you by any chance look out into passageway?
1: Mm, not exactly. But of course you left the door open and I did
2: see... Yes, proceed. We wait anxiously. the result of my having carelessly
1: left door open. I saw Dr. Swan standing looking into the study. And he turned and went down the stairs. You couldn't tell whether or not he had actually been in the study. No, I couldn't tell that. I had no particular reason to even think about his being there. It was perfectly natural. He was looking into the study. Then he turned and went down to the living room.
2: Then you saw Mr. Ward come along passageway and join us in room just before we heard shot?
1: No. No, I didn't. I turned to look out the window again when Ireland went into that final loop before he landed next thing I remember was Dudley Ward saying that Ireland's a clever flyer, all right. Quite so.
2: From that moment on, I believe we're equally aware of what took place, Mr. Ryder. Thank you so very much indeed for your cooperation. You have corroborated in part rather extraordinary claim of Miss Beaton. Will you be so good as to remain while we question young lady about her omission to tell us she was on balcony?
1: Well, I... I don't see why I should be made to face her. You're not being made to face her. But I, for one, would prefer it. Well, then, I suppose so. If you have any real reason. I have very definite reasons. Mr. Holt,
2: would you ask Miss Beaton to come in, please? Oh, yes, yeah, sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mr. Ryder, you are hiding something.
1: See here, Chen. Are you implying that I'm lying?
2: No, Mr. Ryder. Since you are not upon oath to tell whole truth and nothing but truth, but you are not telling everything.
1: Well, have it your own way, Chen. I've said all I'm going to say.
2: In little boy attending school, refusal to tell on companion is laudable trait of character. But in man asking questions about murder of fellow human, said refusal is anything but laudable.
1: In spite of your eloquent plea, Chan, I have nothing to add.
2: Sit down, Miss Beaton, please. So sorry to have to disturb you. But Mr. Ryder, much against his will, I must add. Thank you, Chan. Mr. Ryder says that upon looking out window, he saw you on balcony at the same time as murdered woman.
3: Well, that's quite possible, Mr. Chan. I did step out onto the balcony for a few moments while the plane was landing, but it was too cold. I remained uh, less than a minute, I believe.
2: But you did not tell us that before. Can you give reason?
3: Yes, I can. Ever since this uh, this murder happened, I've been thinking in terms of what happened when we heard the shot. It was before the shot that I was on the balcony, and I... Well, it, it nearly escaped my memory.
2: Well, I see. Oh, uh, well, we'll not detain you longer, Mr. Ryder. I wonder, would you be so kind as to mention to Mr. Ward, our host, that we would like to see him? It'll be a pleasure, Mr. Chan.
0: Ryder sure doesn't like you, Inspector.
2: So seldom people having something to conceal (laughs) do like policemen. (laughs)
1: I have a confession to make, Inspector. Ah. <laughs>
2: I'm so glad that you saw your way to making it without suggestion from me. Uh, what was that? You refer, of course, to the fact that you warned Miss Beaton about Mr. Ryder's statement while escorting her to study? Yes, Inspector. I, and uh, I know I shouldn't have done it, but... <laughs> well, I... I am not reproofful. <laughs> It was in my mind that you should do so when I ask you to bring, Miss Beaton. Hmm? It was Mr. Ryder's face I wished to study. Did you learn anything? Impossible at this moment to say. Now, Miss Beaton, real reason this time, if you please. Why did you not tell us you were on balcony? Uh,
3: real reason? But I I just told you.
2: reason you gave, dear young lady... Was sufficient for purpose of answering before Mr. Ryder. But for purpose of assisting us, Mr. Holt and me, in solving mystery, no. Not quite enough.
3: But honestly, really, Mr. Chan... One
2: moment, please. Perhaps it will be easier if I explain... ...you did not mention that you saw your brother.
3: You... you knew?
2: I surmise. Your brother... Furious at Landini sending for Ireland, was standing outside house. He showed his anger quite plainly. You saw him. You also saw Landini. You thought it possible that in fit of unreasoning rage, your brother might have killed Landini. So, you tried loyally to shield your brother. It was unnecessary gesture.
3: You... you mean that my brother could not have killed Landini?
2: At moments of which you suspected him, he could not have done so. You see, angle of bullet disproved that. But, of course, about angle of bullet you do not know. That does not preclude suspicion of your brother at earlier time. But I only wish to show you. Please be honest and open with us. We have only desire to help you.
3: I'm so sorry, Mr. Chen. I really am. And and ashamed.
1: Come in. Oh, Mr. Ward and Mrs. O'Farrell. Yes, sir. I was bringing Mrs. O'Farrell with me to see what you would like to eat. You've both been at it for hours without a stop and without eating. I met John Ryder as I was on my way up. He said you wanted to see me. Have you learned anything? A little, Mr. Ward,
2: but uh, so little. Mr. Ward, we sent for you to ask this question. When you were on way to turn on landing lights, did you pass anyone in hall?
1: Why, I don't think so. Uh, You see, I went down the back stairs. As you know, I met Cecile. Yes, yes, of course. But think, it is important. Did you see... Did you see Dr. Swan or Mr. Romano? Yes, I, I remember Romano... He mentioned something about Ireland coming so close to the house as to nearly take the roof off.
3: And that's no lie, and it isn't. He came so close to that back wall, he'd think he was trying to land on the balcony. And to steal down there in the kitchen stairs, madder than a hornet at the way her husband was a-carrying and showing off for Landini. Uh, begging your pardon, Mr. Ward. But that's the truth, and it is.
2: So, Mr. Ireland came so close to back wall. As to almost
3: touch Balcony? That he did. Landini standing there waving at him.
2: You saw her?
3: Just for a minute. A dinner like that's no joke, as I told you. And I didn't have any too much time for looking at flying machines.
2: Madam Landini was still standing on Balcony when you went back to kitchen?
3: Well, then, now when you mention it, she stepped back into the room kind of kind of sudden-like, if you know what I mean.
2: I think so, Here, yeah. Thank you, Mrs. O'Farrell. That will be all at present. Thank
3: you kindly, sir. Oh, and uh, what will you have for lunch?
2: We shall leave that entirely in your hands. (laughs) There are none more capable, I'm certain. If you don't need me for anything else, why... Not at all, Mr. Ward. Thank you so much.
3: I'll go with you, Mr. Ward. If Mr. Chan doesn't want to ask any more questions.
2: At
1: present? No, Miss Beaton. I'll see you later, Miss Beaton. (laughs) Leslie. So, Ireland, eh? Coming close to the balcony, the
0: bullet was fired from above, completely drowned out by the noise of the motor. Precisely,
2: Sheriff. I think if Mr. Ireland does not return by night from Reno, we will be put to distressing necessity of going after him.
0: So Ireland, Landini's wonder pilot, falls under the scrutiny of Honolulu's detective. Well, we'll have to await developments. After your sponsor has delivered his message, Inspector Chan will be with us again. We are all wondering what little Chinese tidbit you have for us this evening.
2: I have been thinking about millions who daily struggle for happiness. Many years ago, Lao Tse had saying which explains much. Real happiness is least expensive of gifts. It costs nothing. But counterfeit of same is most expensive and is worth nothing.
0: How very true, Inspector. I know our friends will appreciate it. Thank you, and good night.